Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison. You're listening to episode 55 of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Alrighty. Hey, guys. Hope you're doing well today. Um, so I wanted to do this episode because I think we often forget that self-discipline um, and obedience will save us from a lot of heartache. So, um, you know, I did this episode, I did the episode about self-management and I feel like self-discipline, uh, makes it more of a tangible concept when it pertains to sexuality and our relationships with the Lord. So, um, like I've said before, if you aren't a Christian and you don't have the same convictions as someone who loves Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead, live your life. Y'all could do whatever you want to. Um, I'm not going to hold you to any standard that you don't hold yourself to, but if you'd like to hold yourself to the standard, welcome. So we will be talking about self-discipline today. So let's get into it. So the reason I say, uh, you know, the whole spiel about people and standards and not being Christian, being Christian, um, is because I want to start with the basis of loving Jesus and wanting our lives to please him. So we have to believe that Jesus is real and that he deserves our devotion, um, to even put ourselves in a place of avoiding the one thing that humans will steal, kill and destroy for. And that is pleasure. Humans distort the truth, live secret lives, ruin relationships and bring their own lives to destruction for pleasure and in search of it or when they feel like it's lacking as well. Um, Now, there is good pleasure to seek. The Lord tells us uh, where the desires of our hearts should lie, right? The thoughts of our minds, where they should be set on, and what we ultimately should be directing our footsteps towards. But when we shift our gaze, that's where a lot of hurt happens. First, I want to start by talking about what discipline is. The dictionary says that it is a practice of training a person to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedient, disobedient behavior. Um, and, you know, you may feel like that last part seems kind of harsh, but it's just counterculture. I think we're just so desensitive or overly sensitive now. I feel like we frown on any consequences and would rather accept anything and everything, but in the act of doing that, you're still hurting others when you excuse everything. It's literally like, uh, what's that one movie where the purge, I think it's called. Everything's excused. If if everybody can do whatever they want to, everyone can have their own truth. Then that means killing, stealing and all those things you have to also leave room for. So there needs to be an ultimate truth. And also punishment for disobedience sometimes is the Lord just giving you over to your desires. Romans 1 24 says, Uh, Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual immorality for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Literally, that's he's giving you over to do the bad things you want to do to yourself and to other people. And I always want to try to remind us about how God feels. Imagine having a prized creation and knowing your intent for it, but that creation wanting so badly to engage in destructive behavior that you just give it over to it and watch them engage in ways that were not intended to they were not intended to but also like defiling themselves as well that's so sad it's like a parent watching their self-destructive child like watching a child with a drug addict addiction or uh with a struggle with suicide you just want so much more for them 
but they're addicted or stuck in a wrong mindset. I think that's how the Lord sees us. So badly we're seeking fulfillment, but not looking in the place that we will finally find rest. So, you know, that verse is directly addressing what we're talking about today. Um, And a quick soapbox pertaining to that, um, just because you don't feel conviction or you got away with something or you found pleasure, that doesn't mean it's good for you or permissible. That doesn't mean you took the right route or you're okay. It really, you know, makes me sad that we as humans take God's grace for granted so much. And he's literally so patient with us. And I just imagine how he feels all the time because we just be out here living our, our worst lives. And he just has to watch his kids knowing, like having all knowledge of the better decision that we could be making. So I was thinking about self-discipline and I thought disciple, like those words are so similar. So I looked it up and disciple uh, represents the Greek word. I'm going to mess this up. Y'all know that. So, um, it's, I'm just, it starts with an M. So it starts, it, it represents the Greek word that starts with an M, which means a pupil or apprentice and, you know, y'all know the Bible calls us to follow Christ and the Lord calls his disciples to make disciples and so on and so on and, and so on. So discipline requires teaching and training and disciples are considered pupils or apprentices. That's an interesting one or apprentice, apprentice. But in order to become either of these things, you'll need obedience. You'll need um, grit doing things over and over again, making habits of things. So if you guys remember the story of the rich young ruler, um, after he tried to gain eternal life by saying he kept the commandments, I do this thing, I do that thing. The Bible says that Jesus showed him love by saying to him, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So it says, first looking at him, He showed him love. And maybe you'd think because of culture, showing him love would be just saying, ah, whatever, bring your riches, bring your false God with you and follow me. You can, you can have both. No, in love, God showed him himself. He convicted him. He let him confront the facade he created. And even when given the opportunity of riches in heaven and the opportunity to follow the one true and living God in the flesh, the Bible says he was deeply dismayed by these words and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property imagine you are faced with the one thing that will bring you the desires of your heart and you turn away from it for momentary gratification we are not on this earth for earth for long we have to also remember that as well when you're seeking sexual or financial whatever momentary gratification you have to remember how short we're going to be here compared to eternity okay the rest of your life it's a long time our time on this earth is a short amount of time and we're wasting it sinfully for momentary pleasure like let's think about that for a second if you think about it like jesus offered offered this man treasure in heaven and this man loved treasure Like he left God for treasure. God was giving him treasure for eternity. This man loved treasure. But you know what he loves more? Instant gratification and comfort. More than that treasure. 
So the treasure could be anything. It's really what was inside his heart. I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to have to give up my life. Um, And Jesus said, you can have it all if you follow me. But he had already created a throne for his riches in his heart. So, you know, he, he didn't have room for Christ. And he potentially missed out on the best thing that ever happened to him. And the reason I say potential is because you know, we don't know how his story ended. I, I don't like when people conclude, then he went to hell. You know, you don't know that. We don't even know what happened in Judas's last moments. And he was very grieved as well. And he ended up ending his own life. So we don't know what happened with these people's lives. But, you know, we do know that they definitely missed the best thing they could ever have received and, and, uh, or been offered. And, you know, this rich young ruler knew that you know, and we know Christ is better than temporary pleasure. That's something that's in our brains. Like it just makes sense. And the Bible says this man was deeply dismayed and went away grieving. So he knew. So I want to ask you guys, how many times do we run to temporary pleasure and it never satisfies like Jesus? Go ahead and think about it. How many times do we do that? And I'm saying we this whole time. Okay. Um, and my desire is to bring you guys to this emotional place to show you the power of obedience, of not making sex an idol or a sexual experience. Uh, the key point about our bodies being a temple is not to mainly point to God's craftsmanship, but to point to the man who created us. He dwells within us. And yes, sexual immorality is pointed out as a sin that is against our own selves. But man, like, how do you think your father feels? How do you think Jesus feels? after laying down his life and not even like in an axe way this person cares deeply about you he's grateful to see you open your eyes every morning and to spend time with you so how do you think he feels when he sees you doing these things to yourself that he knows are not good for you you know and if you feel convicted right now that is a good thing it means you desire to love christ well you should never want to avoid conviction you don't want to be a person who doesn't respond to conviction um and obviously this is not easy and when i speak about sexual immorality i'm speaking to the dating couple who's pushing the boundaries unnecessarily um and the engaged couple who just you know goes through with it because they're getting married anyways or the single person who's masturbating or the dating or engaged person who totes the line when they're spent they're hanging out with each other but stopped you know just before anything got serious but um end up sexually frustrated so when that person leaves then you end up masturbating to relieve yourself after or doing whatever you need to do fantasizing or or anything these are all sexual experiences that go under the same category as as sexual immorality and i think we have to remember that sex is not just penetration it's the acts and the thoughts and you can do other behaviors that are not um vaginal and and having to do with phalluses and things you can still touch people in ways that create sexual ideas so we have to remember all these things are wrapped in to sexual immorality and you know like i said dwelling on sexual experiences or ruminating on fantasy um and i i try to remind you guys often that god does not just put boundaries in place to ruin your fun and to keep you from pleasure there are boundaries so pleasure can be experienced to the highest level. Have you guys ever thought of that about that? 
the reason that God creates these boundaries is so you can experience pleasure to the highest level, not to decrease your experience. So sex and marriage works because it creates safety and consistency and commitment and freedom to explore and minimize fear and love. Those are all beautiful things if you can just be patient and not seek comfort and instant gratification and use self-control, obedience, and discipline. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So we have to be mindful of the lives we're living behind the scenes and how we communicate it to other people as well. But also, he says, I discipline my body like an athlete. That's literally daily. You're not missing days if you're an athlete, if you're training, actually. Think about an Olympian who trains daily and is focused. You can see it in their eyes when they're starting at that finish line. They have a focus, and that's how we need to be as well um, in our relationship with the Lord as we seek to please him with our um, sexual purity. Um, So like I said in episode 51 about emotional intelligence, self-management is where we end up looking like the rich young ruler committing to sexual immorality or whatever we feel we'll find riches in. Um, But the Lord is literally telling us, I will make you rich. I will fulfill you. Just come and follow me. And if your answer to Christ's request is yes, it will require being a student of Christ, training your body to honor God and obedience. So that means doing the thing we know is good for us, even when we don't feel like doing that. And we can't rely on our feelings all the time. We have to rely on what the truth is. So self-management with obedience, but ultimately letting the work that Christ did on the cross be evident in our lives. And also like Umar said, y'all know on TikTok, we have to stay focused. We have got to stay focused. That's what we got to do. So I listened to a short message by Paul David Tripp and he spoke about what it means to be sober-minded. And I know you know, the church has always made the conversation about if we should smoke weed or drink alcohol. But he spoke about how it really is more about having a mind that is focused on Christ and a heart that is geared towards Christ. And we'll never get it perfect. But if our gaze stays on Christ, that's our goal. If we fumble, but we get up and move in Christ's direction, that is having a sober mind. And y'all remember my man's David in the Bible. He was out here and so was his son. David literally picked a woman from her bathroom as king and called her to him. And and he also committed some other wild sins out of the desire of pleasure, pride, and envy. And still, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. How? And that really stumped me for a while. And still, I'm, I'm still trying to understand it. But you can see in the Bible, David always ran back to God to save him from himself. That's a word right there. That's a word right there, especially in the conversation of sexual immorality, of sinning against your own body. David would always run back to God to save him from himself and also from others that he did wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because my man was running for a minute because <laughs> he was acting a dang fool. But he would always run to Christ to save him from himself. So I think it's more about returning to Christ with a genuine repentant heart um, and also a heart to serve Christ. So if you're at a place where you can't be obedient to honor God with your body, like you have fallen into such a habit that 
excuse me, it's hard for you to even take one step in the right direction. I would say at least discipline yourself to speak to God in repentance and just in daily life. And that's simple. And I think you can do that. I believe that you can do that. You're just letting him know, oh, you know, Laura, like I did it again. And I really, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate being like this. But also just talk to him, talking to him um, outside of that every day. I think we forget because we have so many human relationships in our face that we forget that he's not holding things against us. Like he sees the sin, but he also still wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to hear about your day. He wants to be involved in in other areas of your life. Just because you're sinning in one area doesn't mean he's like, oh, uh-uh, we're not talking today because you're still sinning. He literally still wants to be as close as possible to you. And David is a prime example of that because he was out here living his worst life. So that is my um, my charge to you. So just spend time talking to him. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Like, help help me please God with my body. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the only one to search the depths of God. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit has searched the depths of God. He knows God deeply. And we have the honor of being inhabited by that same spirit. What? Did you hear me? I read that. I don't remember where I was. Was I in first Corinthians? I said, the. I stopped right there after that verse. I didn't read, I didn't read the rest of the chapter. I said, hold on. I need to sit with this for the rest of my day. The Holy Spirit knows the depths of God, the God who created everything on this earth, the minds that we think with. And that spirit is living in us. What a wild truth. What a place to set your confidence in and drop your shame. You are inhabited by by the Holy Spirit. So seek accountability and put God first. You know, we're not going to be flawless at striving to honor God in this way, but we can definitely avoid making a habit of intentional sexual immorality. So I hope this strengthens you and your desire to be obedient and to be self-disciplined in this area. Um, Remember, we have got to stay focused out here, y'all. Be obedient. If you don't know what to do, don't know what to read, do what you know you should do and stick to that. Honor God. Seek to seek to live a life that honors Jesus and you will be just fine repent all that good stuff and you'll be just fine so hope you guys enjoyed this episode today um as you guys know you can follow the podcast at the parallel pod on instagram and tiktok and yeah as you guys know remember to speak the truth in love this is talk to you guys next week bye